friends and listeners, we're HealthScape, a podcast exploring the healthcare ecosystem through intimate conversations with healthcare's biggest leaders. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Club and supported by the Healthcare at Kellogg program at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. Welcome to the Healthscape Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Tannenbaum. Today, we're doing something a little different. Instead of speaking with an alum, we're pleased to welcome a current student, Vikram Rajan. Vikram is a JD MBA candidate who worked at Deloitte before Kellogg and interned this past summer at Goldman Sachs. But most relevant to our conversation, Vikram is one of the co-chairs of the Kellogg Business of Healthcare Conference, and we're going to pick his brain today on some key highlights from the vet. So first off, Vikram, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So for those in the members of the Kellogg community who may not be as familiar, can you just provide a little bit of overview of what the conference is, what the goals of the meeting are, and how it got started in the community? Sure. Um, Well, to start off, this conference, this is the 22nd year of us running the conference. So I will say that the start predates me by a wide margin. Um, but this is, uh, I mean, Kellogg has a very vibrant healthcare community, as I'm sure you know. And we have our healthcare club. What this school does uh, that, that I'm very proud of is also has a conference with a dedicated team to make sure it's a professional level conference. And This is something that uh, you have a team of 39 people this year spending nearly the entire year to find uh, speakers, to come up with topics, to uh, figure out all the logistics. So this is a fully student-run conference, a big commitment. I'll say a big thank you to everyone on the team that was a part of it. But um, yeah, this is, for for those who were involved, I think they'll all agree, this was a a meaningful effort and something that... um, was our our way of making our impact on the Kellogg community. Great. Um, and just for you personally, what drew you to getting involved or what's been your what's your history been with it? Yeah, so um, you know transparently when I was coming to Kellogg, this was one of the draws for me. I, I had known of it beforehand and was excited to be a part of it. When I was a, a first year at Kellogg, I um, was a first year director is what we call it. The, the, um, we have a second year cohort. We have a first year cohort. So the first year director, I was in charge of running one of the panels. And I just loved the, the creative freedom that was afforded to me in the sense that I was able to, like I said before, identify the people I wanted to reach out to, reach out to them. A shocking number of, of positive responses. I think people are very excited to work with Kellogg as a university or as a school, I should say. And there was, you know, had the ups and downs of that entire process. Um, It was a sprint and I was exhausted, but frankly, like really enthused by it. And I decided um, maybe naively, but I I decided to to take a deeper dive into it and commit basically the rest of my my time at Kellogg towards uh, the conference for the second year. Got it. And I mean, speaking of creativity, I thought the theme was super interesting, weaving the future interconnectivities that accelerate healthcare innovation. So how did you guys come up with that? And what does that mean to you specifically? 
Krista, my co-chair and I, we met very early last year and spoke with some of our peers, some faculty and others. And one thing that kind of for us individually, as, as we kind of were thinking about everything we heard, what maybe people's perception is of healthcare is one silo or another silo. And I think one thing that's great about a business school program like Kellogg is you definitely are forced to see the entire breadth of what's out there. And that's kind of what part of this purpose of this conference theme was to look at the interconnectivities between these different groups, whether they're groups based on industry function, whether they're based on demographics, whether they're based on, you know, however you want to, to slice up society. That was our thought that is these interconnectivities that are critical and it's actually more like the seams, the junctures between these groups where you see probably the greatest innovation. Uh, that was kind of almost like a, a hypothesis of ours. And we were first off excited by the response by our peers and others when we proposed that idea. They said like, oh, that like really resonates. When we started uh, speaking and engaging with speakers, they're like, oh yeah, like I, I totally know how to um, speak to that topic and I'm, I'm very excited about it. So um, that's kind of how we chose and also a little bit of like kind of the, what we think was like the positives of that choice. As an attendee of the conference, I was impressed with just a lot of different examples or instances of you could really see the interconnectivity of um, these different stakeholders come to life, whether it's um, like a PE and a like a healthcare startup or even just like competitors um, trying to move regulation in the space. So is there any specific instance out of all that you saw that really spoke to you or you thought just really hit the nail on the head of um, what we were trying to explore at the conference? Well, I mean, I'll say I, I will probably identify myself as an attendee of that conference as well because I learned a lot from hearing those conversations. <laughs> and one thing which I will say is we had you know, a designated topic that was precision medicine. We think that that is something that first off does touch on a lot of different fields, is emerging, is uh, probably a game changer. That said, I was surprised uh, kind of to your question when I was in the um, mental health panel to hear the term precision medicine come up a couple of times there too, or uh, in, in different contexts. But again, the application of uh, different sets of data, um, patient level, uh, population level, various other uh, slicing and dicing to making kind of a, you know, an end of one diagnosis or treatment um, decision. That, I mean, like to, to your question about it being a surprise, that was a surprise to see kind of this topic that we thought was a discrete uh, conversation pop up there and, and frankly, in a, a couple of other conversations as well. Hmm. Well, speaking of mental health, I was just really impressed that at a business school conference, I felt like there were a lot of sessions that were really exploring in inequities in the space. Like um, there was a social determinants on health, mental health, even women's health. Did, was that intentional or how did you guys um, decide to, to focus such a significant energy on that, um, on those topics? Um, I mean, it was definitely a deliberate uh effort. Um, and, and in many ways, it also was natural. It, it wasn't, I think that's something that we were forcing to happen. It was just, I think we, we were a part of this probably, probably like common consciousness of society that this is a conversation that needs to have happen. And um, I mean, 
it's, maybe it's almost a, a little bit like we are so so much a, a part of that um, those conversations at Kellogg and elsewhere that to us we were we we couldn't even think of a way to have like address the topic at hand without kind of diving into those uh, types of discussions. Yeah. I mean, for healthcare, you're I mean the general purpose. I think that you talk to many people in the space that they're looking to uh, like the the impact they want to make is about improving uh, quality of care, access of care. And it would be weird to kind of say like improve access to care, but only to the you know top 20% of the population um, or, or maybe this half of the population or another. So to us, it, like, it, it just kind of was natural, uh, but we did very consciously try to incorporate it. Right, no, I like that, that it's like in order to have an effective or impactful business, it's like, you, those issues like profit maximization and addressing those issues are not only not irreconcilable, but you need to address one in order to achieve the other. So I like that a lot. And I think um, building on that too is the idea of um, trust because like it, in order for different stakeholders or to, to connect and to work to achieve process or progress, you need to have um, a mutual respect or understanding between each other, but those inequities um, can kind of corrode those um, connections. So where did you see that in the conference? Or do you see, um, where do you see just more generally any areas um, in particular that are ripe for improvement? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you, you kind of uh, summarized that quite well, and I would wholeheartedly agree. Um, I'll say this is, this is not even my thoughts here, this is kind of conveying from one of the panels that I was listening in on the big tech panel. Uh, I, I probably had expected coming into that, it was gonna be kind of uh, the big tech companies saying, we're coming in and saving the world, <laughs> um, you know, single-handedly. What I was impressed to hear was that they said, sure, we're gonna be coming in with new ideas. We're gonna shake things up, that's our purpose, but you need to work with the provider. You need to work with uh, the people who are, the stakeholders who are currently there. And one thing that's uh, kind of stuck with me was one of the panelists who, who was on the provider side made a point to say that although she is partnering with a big tech company in her work and they're looking to improve the lives of the patient of tomorrow, basically disrupt things so the patient of tomorrow is better, they simultaneously need to make sure that the patient of today is taken care of. So that was, that was I think, um, very kind of salient to me, but... I will say, like, I mean, we're not fully there. The purpose of the conference, I think, was to kind of have people look outside of their individual uh, stovepipes. I do think that, you know, to some degree, like, like the fact that, like I said, for me, that there was some revelations that I had about the interconnectivities of, uh, or kind of like how precision medicine fit into mental health. Um, that's something that, I mean, I think to people in the space, they'd be like, yeah, of course, um, like there, there are these commonalities, there are these overlapping interests. And, you know, it's kind of our job as uh, professionals in the healthcare space of tomorrow to be cognizant of that and um, kind of look for our partners in the other stakeholders rather than thinking that the other stakeholders are out there to uh, either take us down or compete with us always. To that end, just from your personal perspective, is there any particular speaker or panel that just really resonated with you, something that you'd be interested in exploring further? Well, I will say that in terms of as a 
again, as an attendee and maybe somebody who's like invested in the conference, for me, there's going to be a cliche answer at first. I'll, I'll give you a better answer afterwards. <laughs> is that um, I enjoyed the entirety of the conference. Um, it was exciting to see kind of how all of the conversations built on each other. But I guess to actually answer your question, um, I would say that, you know, I, like I did truthfully enjoy everything I listened to. I'm just going to go with the the first speaker I heard, the, the one who opened up the entire conference, Todd Park, who was our lead up keynote for uh, Friday. And for, for me, one thing which I really appreciated uh, hearing from him was not just his message of, um, you know, have a mission, do good and, and all of that, which, I mean, frankly, I'm, I'm behind. I really, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, one thing which kind of felt like particularly strong from that talk was that he, he actually showed almost like how to operationalize it is the way I'd phrase it. And by that, I mean, he um, said, you know, have a mission and then uh, kind of orient all the stakeholders towards that mission, test uh, the hypotheses around that mission in a small scale. scale. Then he, he discussed how to scale that bigger. Uh, and this is somebody who is not just kind of um, pontificating on this um, from his ivory tower. This is somebody who has been in the trenches many times over his first a uh, successful company to have been founded was uh, when he was 24, which is quite a bit younger than I am at this point. <laughs> and he's just done it again and again and again. So um, that's something which, you know, like I thought was, I thought was very impactful. No, I like that, that you can see, especially when you're in business school, things feel like things feel very theoretical at times. So it's good to hear speakers talking about how you can actually um, the con more concrete steps that you can make progress. I think for me, I know this, this is very anecdotal, but I, one of the things I liked was not even just the content of the tech panel, but the, the vibe or the like conviviality between the panelists, like kind of to me encapsulated what the theme of the conference was because they were coming from different backgrounds, but they all like really liked each other. They were like joking around and it just showed that you can like have different perspectives, but like as long as you have that mutual respect and trust, you can um, make a lot of progress. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing which I will say is um, I'm glad you brought up that particular panel, a little behind the curtain kind of uh, kind of view here, one of the reasons that I think they were particularly friendly with each other is because they had the opportunity to meet each other, that um, the moderator of that panel made a point to say like, hey, let's all grab lunch together. So they all sat down and they were joking and, and they kind of had uh, like, for example, they had a prank that they played on one of the panelists at one point. Um, <laughs> I think like to, to your point about building trust, sometimes it's just about having contact, having exposure to people who are otherwise outside of your world. And um, yeah, appreciate you bringing that, that particular one up. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you talked about the steps that the panelists took to, to forge those connections in advance, because I know, I mean, this was such a, what the conference was in late January, 2022. So it was like right at the tail end of Omicron. So like how, and planning any event in the pandemic is such a, Herculean effort, but especially when that particular time things are just ever evolving. So what was, what was your guys approach? And then what were your, some of the biggest hurdles that you faced in the lead up? I'll say back in like April and May of last year, we had been, I guess, at, at, at a different point in where we thought we were in the COVID cycle. So the planning was for a 100% in-person conference. And that was 
pre-Delta, pre-Omicron. So a lot, uh, the, the entire makeup of the environment had changed from the beginning to the end. And the entire time though, we were cognizant of the fact that we, that the world was changing. I mean, we saw dramatic changes the previous year that had been last year, for example, just take the conference. I mean, obviously everyone has experienced what they've experienced in this world, um, in the globe totally. But for the conference last year, it was the first time it was a 100% uh, virtual conference. And that was a kind of quick transition to that. This year, we, like I said, we were planning on in person, but we were already intending on including a greater virtual component for virtual attendees. We expected that, you know, as things did in our prediction at the time get better, that people would still have different levels of hesitancy. The um, medical opportunities would not be equally um, you know, available to everyone. Uh, and, and I'm glad that we kind of approached it with the understanding that, and I guess in the modern world, you can't ever dive 100% uh, into a solution uh, right from the start. You have to build in some checkpoints here and there to allow for pivots. We, so I said, we started off as an in-person focused conference with some virtual components. We then, during like the peak of Omicron, we, you know, when, when things were still going up before they leveled off and started heading down, we thought that, you know, this certainly is going to be a virtual conference. So we started engaging people about, uh, about I mean, you know, from a technology standpoint, from a logistics standpoint, what a virtual, fully virtual conference would look like. And glad we had those conversations because by the time the end of January rolled around, um, I will say some, some of the decision-making uh, had to happen once administration was of, of, of uh, Northwestern and of Kellogg were comfortable with the idea that we would be inviting people from outside the Kellogg community into um, you know, our Kellogg uh, Global Hub building, that that was safe to do, that that was gonna be within uh, the, the protocols. That, and, and so we could also be good stewards, not just of the Northwestern community, but of Evanston, of uh, the Chicagoland area, of like, you know, just um, <clears throat> society in general. So the decision, the approval that we got was quite late uh, in that process. And so we actually had two different or a couple of different, um, you know, irons in the fire at that point. But because we had already just allowed ourselves to be so nimble, we were able to, you know, very rapidly say like, okay, we are making this a, a, a hybrid experience. You're going to see a lot of people in person, people who are comfortable will show up. We had most, like two thirds of our speakers showed up in person. We had um, virtual kind of built into that people in person talking to people virtually and the like. And it actually ended up having a, a secondary benefit where fates aligned and we had not just COVID, but we also had um, a major snowstorm, a blizzard that not just hit Chicago, it also hit, it's, I think a separate one. I, I, I didn't look at the, the weather uh, forecast, but I think it was a separate storm hit the East Coast. And we had multiple speakers not be able to fly in because their flights got canceled at the last minute. In previous years, that would have been like, you know, like people's stomachs would have dropped. This year, it was like, oh, okay, we'll just send you the virtual information and, you know, this is how we're going to handle it. It was, um, so like the silver lining and all of that was, you know, because we had to prepare for so many different contingencies, we were ready for contingencies we hadn't even prepared for. Yeah. No, I mean, I would say like, for example, like the women's health panel was hybrid. There were two speakers in the room and then the panelists and the rest were virtual. And I thought it was just really seamlessly done. Um, and even the 
um, having one panelist build off of each other. So I guess, do you see, um, do you see the future of events like these being continuing that hybrid mix, even as hopefully we emerge out of this, um, this public health climate? So I would say, um, I think this conference kind of is a testament to the fact that yes, I think there's going to be many venues, many opportunities for people to, um, you know, interact with each other in, in kind of like in different ways. And I think people kind of all over have have seen those different experiences or experienced hybrid in, in uh, different ways, whether for work, for school or however. I will say though, I think um, one thing which was a takeaway for me from the purely virtual conference last year, one thing which um, was kind of a conversation I've had with some of the people this year was that a lot of folks, the ones who did show up in person, I think really value the in-person experience. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to take that away either. So I think, um, you know, conference to our conversation before about how, you know, one of the panels got to have lunch together, got very collegial and that showed that's hard to do. You know, if people are eating lunches, you know, separately, you're probably not going to jump on a Zoom and, you know, stare into your camera while people are, you know, while, while you're eating food. Um, so I do think there's probably going to be, hopefully, you know, that opportunity to still engage with people in person, but you know, transparently, not everyone wants to. And if uh, you know, I think one thing which we heard with some of the changes in healthcare technology is you got to meet the patient where they are. Sometimes the patient wants to 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 deal with the healthcare system from the convenience of their house. I think some people want to get uh, you know the the opportunity to hear from extraordinary speakers and others, similarly from the convenience of their house and others want to be a part of a kind of in-person um, kind of lively community. And I think you can give people both, both experiences. No, that was really well said. I know, sadly, this is your <laughs> last year, but looking ahead to next year, A, do you see any particular topics that you think um, could be explored in more depth or possible themes you think would be good or just more generally any wisdom or recommendations for the next year's leadership or exec board of the um, conference to keep a lookout for? I know that those were two big questions. So any thoughts you could share? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the, the first question about the theme, I mean, first off, of course, I'm going to uh, definitely encourage next year's uh, team to kind of take it where they see, uh, see it. I, I mean, I, I think uh, one of the greatest things about being part of a student uh, conference, student run conferences, you have so much freedom to do kind of what you want. So uh, right. I'll start there. But I will say that like uh, one thing which stood out to me even at, in our conference was the degree to which forces even outside of healthcare may have meaningful impacts on how healthcare is delivered in, in the future. Um, I mean, you can look at it, for example, take, take the technology lens. There's going to be stuff of, um, you know, for, for example, we, like what it, what it uh, means to kind of do work and like to be a worker, um, that actually has implications as to who's covered by health insurance and that imply, that uh, has, you know, inf uh, impacts downstream there. Technology, obviously, as we discussed during uh, this call about how it disrupts, it has opportunity to disrupt uh, healthcare and bring it, you know, for example, into the house. Um, so that that's, that's one angle, um, you know, from, uh, I guess I already hit on it, but like from like the workforce standpoint, like who, who is covered by, by healthcare? That is something that is changing because what it means to be a worker is changing. Um, you also have 
obviously the political um, aspect to it. I think, for example, there's different movements as to kind of um, what the future landscape may even look like. I mean, is it going to be single payer? Is it going to be um, a, a public option that's um, kind of toe to toe with the, the private options? Um, those are no longer kind of like outlandish considerations. And you know, I, I think whether or not any of those are actually implemented, I think people are going to be discussing it and, and needing to make decisions around it because there's going to be a lot of uncertainty. And when somebody's you know making a five to ten year uh, kind of decision in terms of where their organization is headed, that's something that they have to pay attention to. Um, just you know, kind of almost like analogous to our conference planning that there's going to be things that you're, you need to have contingencies for because you're not going to necessarily know which way it's going to go. Um, so that's, I guess, from a theme standpoint, from a uh, kind of like lessons learned from this year that I would kind of impart to next year's conference team, I would say um, leverage the community. And by that, I mean, like, sure, you know, we had a team of 39 students and um, but I will say actually at least uh, one or two of those members were were actually the JVs or, or the significant others as uh, I guess is more commonly called um, of, <laughs> of Kellogg students. And we had the executive MBAs reach out to us. We obviously had uh, the Kellogg administration play a role. We, we reached out to various faculty members, not even ones that were strictly within the healthcare um, ecosystem uh, at Kellogg. We had um, you know, uh, kind of people just in healthcare that are outside of Kellogg completely reach out and offer help. Um, there were speakers who kind of said like, hey, maybe we can play a role. There was others like, hey, like, you know, um, if you want to bounce ideas off of us, you know, we, we, we'd be happy to. So all that is to say, I think in terms of like the, the leadership team, there's just too much to handle for any one individual for sure. And frankly, like even six or seven people who are in the um, kind of the uh, exec team. But I'd even say that I think the impact of this conference does not need to even be limited to just the students, um, like all, you know, 40 or so students who are running the show, because I think one of the greatest uh, benefits of the conference as a whole, as a whole was the energy that all of the attendees brought to the to the show. And I think some of that came through just kind of engaging them and just aligning everyone's interests in a way that they saw what they wanted to see in this conference and they were willing to contribute uh, what was needed to make this a great show. Oh, totally. Yeah, I was just super, I guess maybe this is just self, personally, this is my first major student run event that was less of a like trolley night, like party more <laughs> like a business setting. And I was just super impressed and I feel like I learned so much. So I'm just, um, was appreciative to attend and really appreciative that you could kind of, um, as you said, give us a look behind the curtain of um, your thoughts and how it was put on. Um, is there anything else that you want to share just in terms of um, putting on the conference, key highlights from the event or that you think that we haven't touched on? I think we've kind of covered a, a lot of stuff. I think also made it very clear that this was definitely a team effort. There was no way that, you know, I mean, there was just, like I said, at the end of the day, I was in many ways an attendee. I was taking in a lot of all the great efforts of everyone on our, on our team. So I just want to, uh, in particular, just thank everyone who contributed so much time and effort towards this over the past year. Uh, they sacrificed a lot, a lot of uh, kind of blood, sweat, and tears went to it. So very appreciative of all of that. But 
other than that, no, I think I think uh, you've covered a lot of great topics. Yeah, well, uh, thanks so much again um, for coming on the show today and follow. Do you want to give a plug for the website or anything so just our followers just can keep tabs on when next year's conference um, details unfold? Sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so our website is kelloggbhc.com. It's um, for business of healthcare. And uh, there's also an Instagram handle. We'll put the, I, we could put the link in the bio. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, correct. I would say that whether it's whether the website or the or the social media um, kind of links, that's probably the best ways to keep in contact. And to your point, I'm I'm my time at Kellogg is sunsetting, so uh, next year I will be an alum, and I'm going to be engaged to kind of just see where the next uh, year's team takes it. Great. Um, Well, thanks so much again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Support us by subscribing to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about healthcare at Kellogg, visit us at the website linked in our podcast description. Have a great day.